Welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. You're back. Yes. And we're back. I mean, we took a two week break. It was, it's been a rough, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a very long, rough patch. With work life. With work life. Yes, let's define that. Um, but also like the last time uh, we released an episode, it was me doing it solo and I was sick and I definitely had to edit out coughs. And you can tell from my voice that it was just rough for me to speak that day health-wise yeah yeah there's a nasty cold going around and and it seems to linger it lingers for weeks so i'm finally feeling better um you're finally through the super busy period at work yeah and i mean i'm still having work stress dreams but hopefully those will calm down soon i hope so too um and we had some relaxing days we are joined on the recording today by Nora. Um, she is the silent bun bun in the background. She has a double size X pen. So I brought wine from my place to go with Daryl's here. So she has a area to romp, although she's just sort of glaring at us from her clubhouse, which is fair. Like we took her on a drive with the other buns to try to help them bond. So Asta was sort of diving underneath her and Nick. At one point, Nick was like stepping over Asta to dive under Nora himself. It was like a little weaving of bun buns. <laughs> and then he realized that that was really uncomfortable. Yeah, fair. So they are back and it, we're recording in the afternoon. So it's getting to their nap period anyway. But she has plenty of room to run down here. And this is our way so two of the three can get exercise and free range at the same time. Right. So it's a little bit less stressful for you having to schedule like three hour chunks of your life where you have to monitor them and swap them out. Yes. So they, they're they having a, a hopefully relaxing afternoon. Yeah. Um, and we had a good time yesterday down in Minneapolis. Yeah, we went to Twin Cities Con as a panelist with the hosts of X Reads the Podcast. So it was great to see Chandler and Chris. And of course, Dylan. Um, so Dylan was there, which is just great from uh, House of X. And they were also promoting the Uncanny Experience. So listeners, a few episodes ago, I chatted with Chandler. Or that was last episode when I did it solo. Oh, oh wow. It was a few weeks ago that I recorded that, though. But anyway, last episode, you heard directly from Chandler. And they're getting folks interested in the Uncanny experience happening here. Yeah, they had a whole booth and everything. It was very official. Yes. Um, and aside from that, we wandered around. We impulse bought things. We impulse bought a lot. Yeah. I got an Iceman pop. Yeah. So you were eyeing one of the Iceman Funko Pops months ago at a local store. And we went back like the next week and it was gone. Right. So, so now I have this Iceman one where he's sort of blue and frosty looking it's and the, somewhat transparent. I think it's the 05, the original 5 version, according to the... Yes, first appearance, X-Men number one. Yes. Sadly, he is not like the snowman Iceman. That'd be too funny. But this is sort of his classic timeless look. Yes. I think it's the Speedo look. Um, And I got a a deck of Star Trek tarot cards. So embracing that fandom 
even tighter than it was before. Yeah, we got a lot of explanation from the designer of it. It was really neat being able to talk to him. Yeah. And he, I was like, oh, is there a number one card? Because we love Majel Barrett. Yeah. And the, in the unaired pilot of Star Trek, the original series, she was number one. She was the first officer. First officer, yes. Amanda Unichin Riley. Um, now played by Rebecca Romaine on Star Trek Change the World, which is so good. Yeah. So good. But they are, each card is based on an episode, not a character. Yes. And so they're like the, I learned that cups mean abundance mm. in, uh, and prosperity, and the Ten of Cups is overabundance. And so the image for that card is the episode with the Tribbles, where it's like a, a avalanche of tribbles onto captain kirk yes and before that like the highest nice prosperity is kirk from a piece of the action where he's like a gangster in the 30s yes the appropriate level of prosperity yes so that was it was it was really neat and they had fun cosplay and their booth was set up like kirk's quarters it had the little hexagon grid they had a wind chime that can do the ship sounds if you hit them in the right order yeah it's the first tones from the original series theme Great. I couldn't hear what it was at yes. first. I was just like, okay, great. Yes. But the, that was, the fact that it was there was really cool. And all the glass bottles in the right shapes. Yeah. The cube food. The cube food. Um, so yeah, Saurian Brandy, all that was, it was, it was. A, well executed. Very much so. And I, we didn't get our tarot's red though. The person who was doing that left right before we were engaged yeah. with. Yes um we found some fun prints like 11 by 17 prints of some marvel characters which are really fun and well done and they had obscure ones so i've got nightcrawler and colossus and who did you get i got gambit and jack of hearts i got his last jack of hearts from the 80s just outlandish costume and black knight dane whitman and hercules Um, also super hunky hunk yes because he was paging through looking for jack of hearts in his file and i was like wait is that hercules i'll take that one too (laughs) so um we have those that now i will uh, find frames for i have a lot of frames so i'm sure that i those are the same size as some wrestling posters that i was going to swap out anyway so i could probably do that and have those up in the living room since frames will not hang on the walls down here in our recording studio slash gaming suite yes i got a little pegasus ornament from fantasia so if you remember that movie it has animation set to different pieces of classical music and the pastoral suite by beethoven is one of them and like the second movement is super boring it's the one without the centaurs like prettying themselves up and then pairing off and it's just i always skip that movement Mm -hmm. but the first movement has little cherubs it has little pegasuses learning how to fly and so i got the really grumpy looking one yes so that's super fun yes the other movements are also good the storm is good the peasants rejoicing the wine making i think it's peasant merry making or something Mm -hmm. because they bougie so everyone else is a peasant (laughs) Yeah, and I got a ton of comics. A ton of comics. A ton of comics. Um, Too many to fit into your backpack. I know. So so the second vendor we hit up is like, do you need a bag? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we do. 
but that it's filling in a lot of gaps on your spreadsheets. Yes. So I got some good adjectiveless X-Men, some uncanny X-Men, and some, some fantastic four. Sensational She-Hulk. Oh, a lot of sensational She-Hulk. Yeah. And the the single missing Alpha Flight. Yeah, from uh, the second volume of Alpha Flight that and it was the same vendor. So this is the vendor I've talked about on the podcast before where they have the dollar comics. Mm-hmm. And I bought all the single issues for a dollar from them, except that one was not there. And this time it was a wall book, which yeah. means it's more expensive, but it was half off. So I got for $15 and it's considered a minor key because there's an appearance from Big Hero 6, which I don't care about. But um, now I have the complete second volume of alpha flight to join my complete first volume of alpha flight that's exciting yes so um we also briefly met larry hama so he is best known for doing gi joe for marvel for years and years and years like gi joe and larry hama are synonymous and i got the first issue of the avengers that he did issue 326 it is the first appearance of Rage, a character he created. So he was like, well, if I sign it to you, it's free. If it's just my signature and not personalized, it's $20. And I'm like, oh, sign it to me. Like, I have almost the complete first volume of Avengers. Like, I'm not going to get rid of it. So um, it was really cool meeting him. And he knew how to spell my first name because his ex-girlfriend back in the 80s was like a producer on the movie Daryl, so um, which is about a robot. So he knew exactly how my name went because it's spelled the same in that movie title. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, is quick. We were there for a few hours in and out, and then we went and had a delicious supper for our anniversary. Yay! Yeah, four years. Yeah. So delicious supper. And uh, then came home and somehow stayed up late to watch Gaslight. With Ingrid Bergman and John Cotton. And like, the signs were there. But it was well done. Yes. So we had a good time. Yes. Even though we were just like, how is there 53 minutes left? We (laughs) we thought it could be wrapped up sooner. I mean, it could have been. But it was a good reveal at the end. Yeah. And... um. Yeah. I like how Ingrid Bergman like snapped back and she's like, oh, is this the knife that I'm looking for? Then she tosses it. She's like, oh, I guess I lost it. Oh, I forgot where it was. Oh, maybe I can find it in the store. Oh, the brooch that you told me I lost all those years ago, like when we first got married on our first trip around London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, that's a lot of fun. So why don't we put ourselves in the headspace of may 2008 okay so may 2008 there's a lot for this wonderful pop culture pop-up where the first item so we have harrison ford indiana jones star star wars star oh everything star harrison ford and calista flockhart are engaged and they are going to get married after the promotional tour for kingdom of the crystal skull so that movie is ramping up its promotion. I forgot that they were a couple. Oh, yeah. They're still married. I was about to ask if they still are. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That was one of those things that are just like, there's an age difference. Oh, yeah. And like, who cares? That's fine. Like, she was 
near 40 at this point, if not over 40. I mean, if it checks the half plus seven. Yeah. I think that's, it did. I think that's generally okay. Yeah. Um, Liv Tyler and her rocker husband, who's I, I don't even have his name because he doesn't matter. Liv Tyler. Um, <laughs> they have announced their separation after five years of marriage. Oh. So they waited all the way through Lord of the Rings filming and everything. Uh, no. Lord of the Rings was high school. They began filming oh. in 98. Oh, after. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So he was there for that Lord of the Rings money. Right. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's son, Nick Balea, or Nick Hogan, if you're watching Hogan Knows Best, has been jailed for eight months for felony reckless driving after the crash that left his friend in critical condition. And I think his friend was, like, paralyzed after that accident. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I... He was, like, drag racing. Like, he was big into cars. Hard pass on Hogan Knows Best. Like... As much fun as all the wrestling stuff is, I just don't really care for Hulk Hogan. No, fair enough. Lindsay Lohan has been accused of stealing thousands of dollars worth of clothing from a closet at a party hosted by model Lauren Hastings. So she just like, is like, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And like, went to the ensuite bathroom, connected to a bedroom maybe, and was like, oh shit, these are nice clothes. And like, did she also grab a bag that she filled? I don't know. It's, is that I'm trying to remember back to when we this is when we graduated college. Yeah. Like were big chunky purses in at that point? Could you fit a whole bunch of Oh, I'm sure. Like or like an overnight bag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, I don't remember you going into the bathroom with that gym bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a duffel. <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan coming back this year with a Christmas movie. Oh, good for her. On like Hallmark or Lifetime, one of them. I did appreciate the commercials that she had where people were like, Linda, are you being such a train wreck? And she's like healthy eating. She's working out. She's like doing all the good stuff for I think for that's her. for like Orange Fitness. One of those gyms. One of those, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, well, hopefully art imitates life in this case and that she's doing well. Yeah. And I don't know if we, if it is Hallmark, it would probably be on Peacock because Peacock has an agreement with Hallmark to show some of those Christmas movies. Oh, Sam, the actor who plays Sam Kirk on Strange Two Worlds is in one. Oh, fun. He's cute. Yes. Iron Man came out in theaters. Did we, I must have seen that in theater. I probably would have gone with my friends to the local theater in Walla Walla, Washington. And this was the start of the MCU. Yeah, Iron Man. Because Incredible Hulk was before, but I think it's it just wasn't... Hulk. Oh yeah, the Edward Norton Hulk. No, the other one. What? Yeah, there was one in like two thousand three. Oh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. That yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. So that. Oh, I forgot there were there have been two... three Hulks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Uh... Iron Man came out. I don't think I saw it. I think the first MCU film I saw in theaters was Iron Man 2. I think I saw it. I must have. I mean... It was a given very early 2000s vibes with the whole, like, weapon deals and then... Afghanistan, Iraq sort of thing. Yeah. That... (laughs) Problematic. Yeah, and I really don't like Iron Man as a character. He's not nearly my favorite. 
So how did you feel about that Celestial being based off of him during Avengers Eternals X-Men Judgment Day? I barely, I read all those issues and they're just gone from my brain. Like, I did not retain that information because as soon as the event was over, like last week, I was like, I don't need to remember any of this. I'm just curious if they're going to retain any of the character development, any of the impacts, consequences Mm -hmm. of this arc. Will it actually be a thing or will it not? Will it just like pretend like it's an episode of Star Trek Voyager where nothing that came before actually matters? Yeah, I think you are relatively new to crossovers. Um, in these <laughs> events, like they don't end up mattering a whole lot. It's very rare that there are ramifications. Oh, okay. And like maybe. <laughs> so it's like that meme where the millennials are looking at Gen X being like, oh, is this your first financial crisis? <laughs> yeah. And it, the whole resurrection thing, I think, is the only thing that will stick around. Like, oh, the world knows about resurrection. Yeah. That's really the only consequence that I can see carrying forward. I mean, hopefully they saved an egg for egg. Oh, but I'm... I know. And the song that is charting is Four Minutes by Madonna featuring Justin Timberlake in Timberland. Oh. Interesting. They only got four minutes to save the world. I don't remember... I'm... I feel like I must have heard this song. I'm sure you did. Especially because of the Madonna challenge and hung up and how into that I was. Yeah. So uh, that is what's going on in the world of pop culture to set the stage for issue 29 of X Factor that we're going through. Oh, I came out to one of my, some of my extended family this month too. Oh, yay. When they came out for graduation. Oh, fun. So to bring it full circle back to the panel of queer geeks and where to find them yes which actually was really cool yeah that was a fun panel to be a part of there's good representation um there was a drag queen up there yeah in full like DD character like there's a great wig with horns which apparently takes a lot of work um but they made it look really good all the paint yep the gloves with the little claws on the end yep to make it look realistic everything everything was just so good Mm -hmm. and Yes. Let's, I feel like I should talk about that panel more because it was, I thought it was very important that it was done. Yes. And I'm very happy you were a part of it. Yeah. I'm glad that we had, uh, I'd say like a half full room or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. And there was a good age range in there and people asked good questions. Yeah. And well, I was like, where are some good queer resources for yeah. folks? So, yeah. All right, this issue. This issue. You are, okay. You're back to reviewing issues. So I did the last one solo at where uh, Rain left. Yeah. Yeah, she walked away. Um, we have, we saw the cover where Madrox is shackled to a big X, very raggedy. His abs are showing. Yes. And he's about to get smacked by a wrecking ball. Yeah. I mean, he was doing the wrecking ball before Miley was. Oh, yeah. And then Sia was on the chandelier. Yes. Okay. So previously, following the events of Messiah Complex, X-Factor is in shambles. Wolfsbane has decided to leave the team to join X-Force, so she can't tell her teammates where she's going. Jamie is left scarred both emotionally and physically from his trip to an anti-mutant future, and Layla was left stranded in that very same future. Meanwhile, the area formerly known as Mutant Town is going through a lot of changes, with new businesses taking over existing buildings and people who were once mutants leaving in droves. 
As if that wasn't enough, Siren is also pregnant with Mandox's baby, dot, 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 and Jamie has no idea. He really doesn't. He really doesn't. So we open with Richter reading the letter that Wolfsbane had left him, and you start to get the little text box in her handwriting, and he's just looking very surly. Yeah. And begins to light it on fire and drops it in the toilet. Yeah, he's he's pissed in general. Yeah. So she was trying to explain that it's important that you understand the reasons why I dot dot dot. And then he storms out to hell with your reasons, Sinclair, and to hell with you. Mm. He's just being super emo right now. He really is. And looks it. Yeah. The court page haircut is not doing him any favors no, right now. We have it. We don't get to the credits until like halfway through this issue. Um, but it's a different artist that we have penciling. Okay. But Guido and Maddox look good on the next page. They're hanging out outside of the power plant, not the WCW training. Yeah, this is their bar. This is their local hang, and it's closed down, and it's for sale. They're, like, going out of business because Mutant Town is becoming gentrified. Like, you're talking about gentrification, basically. Yeah, new things are moving in all the previous residents are getting and it's are like, moving out it's due like to whatever the near middle east side or something like there's... the middle mid east uh, middle east side yes. is what it's now being named as um so they're talking about this outside the power plant and like yeah that's what they're calling mutant town these days we're due to the lack of what's the word and Mandox is like mutants strong guys like yeah them yep and Madrox is really torn up because he's like, this team is going to shit. Like, everyone's leaving. There's too this, much drama. Yeah, there's... Basically, this is a failure. He, said, he says, we? Are we even a we anymore? You told me you were becoming the sheriff of Mutant Town. What happened to that? And he's like... And Strong Guy goes on this whole thing about how... No, 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 no. Like, oh, I... I, I stood up to them. Offer. I told Val Cooper she can keep her money. And... Maddox is like, you didn't turn it down. They withdrew it, probably because of the dwindling number of mutants and former mutants in the area made the post unnecessary. And Strong Guy just has a text box that goes dot, dot, dot. He's like, how'd you know? And apparently Strong Guy has a tell. He makes very big hand gestures when he lies. (laughs) So there's a panel of Strong Guy stopping, looking at his hands, realizing it, as he says, nerds. (laughs) So... We got some internal monologue, green boxes. Thank you, previous episodes, for helping me cue into when it's a Madrox internal monologue box. So there's the fun Ben Franklin saying, we must all hang together or we most assuredly hang separately. And Madrox is like, do any of these people know what they're talking about? I'm trying to keep this team together. The thought of giving up sickens me. But then if there's no dishonor in conceding that you've lost... You don't keep playing when the pieces are all done. So he walks in. Monet and Siren are hanging out on the couch. Good for them. Also, Monet has good boots in these issues. Yeah, so Siren is trying to get his attention. Monet just shouts out, yo, idiot. And he's like, what, Monet? (laughs) Doesn't respond to his own name. Just, yo, idiot. And she prompts Teresa, and Simon is like, yeah, this may not be the best time to tell you. And he just 
jumps and it's just like great I knew it I knew this was coming thinking that she was quitting and she's like you knew and then they get into like an extended fight yeah where they're talking about two different things absolutely and it's funny as we turn the page because the content of this we don't need to go panel by panel because she is like confused and thinks he's talking about knowing about the pregnancy he thinks that he knows that she's leaving so then he storms out eventually well he passes richter who says that he's out of here he's quitting um he chases after richter yeah leaving siren and monet to and and monet is just like i've seen this before (laughs) from an episode of three's company right like i was expecting it to be like days of our lives or the young and the restless and she's like no like most of their shit can be solved by just two people talking to one another and like stating what the subject is (laughs) so repetitive writing on three's company and yeah and Monet starts to close with he was wrong he's wrong a lot and if you weren't blinded by being in love with him you'd realize that and Simon's like I'm in love with him and he's like obviously still and and Simon's like a bugger yeah in probably an Irish brogue. Yes. Richter and Madrox are having a discussion, right? Madrox looks old in this one panel by like 20 years oh, yeah. compared to other panels. Um, and Richter is like, let go of me. I swear he's just fed up and done. I'm not a mutant. I'm not anymore. I'm just acting like some weird mutant wannabe. It's time I start creating a normal life for myself and Madrox calls him out like oh and Rain's leaving had nothing to do with this and Madrox gives up on mm-hmm. Richter he's like you know whatever fine leave and Sean Guy is like aren't you going to actually try to get him to stay and Madrox is like no uh, it's obvious he wants to go he's miserable do you want to go Richter go yeah, so this is sort of a low point in Madrox thinking about himself, the leader of a team, and what that team even is, and if it's worth it. Yeah. So he's sort of given up. Yep. He thinks that the the players or the pieces have all been played. There's nothing left to do, really. Yeah. Um. And goes to talk about that that humans are social creatures. Maybe we're actually loners by nature and social merely for necessity of survival. And sometimes being alone is more important than anything, even survival, as Richter gets a panicked look over his face. Because it's a building floating in space. Yeah, so then we get this wonderful panel. And this is where the credits are. We are yes. more than halfway through this issue or just about halfway through. I th- I think we're a page away. Yeah, we're a page away from the middle. But it's all abs in between there and the next panel. It's true. It's a full page spread of headquarters being in a starscape. And it looks really cool. It does. Like, it's just fun. It's a building on an asteroid with like the streetlight floating past. Yeah. So some funky shit's going on. And And Richter is like, ah, oh, ah, let me back in ah, as he's starting to like float away. Yeah. Help. And it's like the help with all the extended letters as they sort of wave up and down, which is fun. 
And he like claws his way back inside. And Strong Guy's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, you're fine. And he's just like, we're in space. And he's like, you can just say you want to come back. You don't <laughs> have to make things up. The final freaking frontier, just look out the door. And Strong Guy looks out the door and is like, it's a city. Yep. I, what are you smoking? Um, and <laughs> poor Richter, it's like, this was all outer space. The steps were gone. And Strong Guy's like, look, yeah, you don't have to make up a story yeah. if you want to come back. And which is like, no, whatever, I'm going to go. And Strong Guy's like, okay, whatever. He turns around. Richter falls through a trap door that looks like it's in space because it's got little, like, flecks of stars and stuff. Mm. And then Strong Guy turns around, sees that Richter is gone, is like, huh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I've, and, and I am enjoying Guido yeah in this issue if guido hasn't really gotten a good comedic spotlight or a personality for a long time it's been since like the single digit issues because then he was brainwashed and then they just sort of put him on the back burner for a while yeah and there were like big things with rain and richter and monet and siren teaming up together and strong guy was just sort of left out of it yeah so it's good to see him coming back as a more prominent character and sort of being a leader. Like, he's the one who's like, Madrox, come on. Like, let's try to keep this team together. Yes. So um, we cut back to the inside where there's a PB&J making happening. Yep. And Madrox is sort of <laughs> hungry. Uh, well, yes. Um, and he's still not letting Teresa finish her sentences. She starts with like, I don't think you understand. And he's like, I don't think anyone understands. The threat to mutant kind are still out there. The X-Men aren't around as buffers. We are it. We're the whole shooting match. The only game in town, which is the name of this sequence of books. Yes. If it was the greatest gen, there'd be a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and if we don't stick together, we're going to get slaughtered. It probably sounds paranoid, but... Um, and then... Teresa interrupts and is like, have you considered that even if the X-Men have split up, then maybe the whole notion of mutant teams has run its course? Mm. Which like is an interesting proposition yeah. for where things are at. So yeah, in a surprising turn of events, Madrox shows some self-awareness of like, is Layla to consider? Oh no, never mind. I was hoping he would have been like, Layla helps hold it all together. Because in a lot of ways she mm, had, yeah, with like her little steering course yep. corrections that she would offer, but no, he's just worried about her and getting her back, which which is fair, it. yeah. So, Siren is so close to telling him that she's pregnant. What I'm trying to tell you is I'm, and then someone shouts, "Madox, get out here! We've got a problem." That's Guido. He raises the alarm, and Madox is like, "Rain check." <laughs> Poor Siren is like, at some point, baby, he, we will tell him. <laughs> but, it, it may or may not be when you graduate high school. Yeah. So we get a strong guy digging through some concrete. Yeah, they're going after where this portal opened up that Richter dropped through. And he can tunnel and so can Monet. So the four of them are going through underground. Like they are digging down, trying to find in the sewers. Where did he go? And Monet gives a lesson on Occam's razor. 
the most obvious solution is likely the correct one. Mm. And to try and get Guido away from theories, like he was teleported into space (laughs) and more into like, it's a trapdoor. Yes. So they tunnel down. Um, Madrox goes in, always has a flashlight. I do appreciate the the quip that one of his dupes was a scout leader, so he's always prepared. Mm-hmm. And the rest fall in, and a lot of text boxes. So yeah, they're and it's basically them searching. Yeah, and they're like, this doesn't really make sense, and they come to a wall, and they go through the wall, and then it's like it's like the game Portal. They are now perpendicular to gravity looking going up through the sidewalk like six feet away yep so something wonky is happening to them now too and now we get some thought bubbles around richter who's coming to some dude is like just give me a gun let me shoot him and someone else is like where's the artistry in that the style the fun and the dude's like i'm your client let me do how i want it and the, the artist artistry voice is saying, you hired me to execute your desire, so let me do it how you hired me to do mm. it. And we get Richter strapped, shackled to a, a wooden beam with a giant swinging axe that is slowly lowering in between his legs. Yep. So, yeah. We get some banter. The, the artistry voice says, hello, Mr. Richter, who wants nothing to do with this. They go, feeling a little cross? Har har. <laughs> and Richter's trying to put up a brave face. Um, at least the artistry voice gives credit to Goldfinger. Oh. And the James Bond theme with yep. the laser going between his legs. Yep. So. Um, yeah. And so Richter's in a bind. He calls out to Monet. Yep. And Monet hears. Yeah. So she goes after him. After the voice, like to track it down. Jamie creates a dupe and sends the dupe with Teresa to go after, leaving Madrox Prime with Strong Guy. So they look up the sky, they see them flying away, and then Strong Guy is like, "Uh, Madrox, the city around them has turned into a jungle. And there's a big rolling stone like yeah. Indiana Jones. It is. It's like a giant boulder. Mini, dri- mini driver, right? What? The actress um, for her Halloween costume with a kid. The kid was like Indiana oh. Jones and she was the big boulder. And then when she tweeted this out, she's like, this doesn't make sense unless you see it in action. Oh. And it had the video of like her running after Indiana Jones <laughs> as the big rock That's rolling. Fun. So that was fun. So. There's some, like, the usual bad puns from the villains. Like, I hope you appreciate the technology, Richter. It's cutting edge. Har har. Oh, that was close. Uh, So this plate is getting super close to his crotch. Oh, you've got balls, at least for another few seconds anyway. Which is like, oh. Yeah. Then we get the Madrox and Strong Guy in the jungle. The rock is coming towards them. Strong Guy tries to catch the rock, like, on his Mm -hmm. back and slow it down. And he gets absorbed into it. Uh, he does with a thoom. This is how they do it. Divide and conquer. Split us apart as they do mm. a, a close up of Richter's pants and the blade being so close. And 
unlike the heroes, the villains don't seem to know when to quit. The same ones just keep coming back again and again, hoping to wear us down like water dripping on a rock with the image of Guido stuck into the rock. Mm. And worst of all, they just love letting you know it was them. So there's a big poster on the underside of the rock that says, Game Day is here, XOXO Arcade. All right. And that's how it ends. So uh, we have perilous situations for a couple. Yeah. And uh, we have a rescue attempt for one of them. So we'll have to figure out what happens in the next issue. It's a good cliffhanger. Yeah. The divide and conquer is very true. Yes. Like Guido is out of action, stuck inside this rock. Mm -hmm. Richter is strapped to... uh, Incapacitated. And the others are in transit. Yeah. Who knows if they will make it there in time. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I guess we'll find out next issue. Yeah. All right, everyone. Check out our Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. Make sure to join in the conversation. We just recently had a couple giveaways, which I still need to mail out this week. I was going to mail them out Friday, but then it was Veterans Day. So. Oh, yes. No mail. office is closed. So. Um, uh, once in a very great while, maybe we'll do a giveaway. Um, but otherwise, just follow us for a good conversation about the issues we're reviewing or anything else. Hit us up. Yeah, what was your like in May 2008? And what did you think of the issue? What yeah. are your thoughts and feelings? All right. Until next time. See you later, guys. Okay, bye. And gals and days. Bye.